After their friend dies, three men decide to fulfill their childhood dream by going on a camping expedition for the lost D.B. Cooper bounty. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood, A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is our thing. Also, not a podcast where we talk about how bad our childhood was. Yes. Mom. Yes. (laughs) Or your mom, more specifically. Yeah. She didn't birth me, so. No, but she's your mother-in-law. Yeah. So. My M-I-L. Oh. Yeah. I don't and know if that's the thing. I-R-L. Uh, oh. Okay. God. Anyway, <laughs> this week we're doing the 2004 classic Without a Paddle. 2004 was a good year. Yeah. It was uh, the year somebody graduated high school. Somebody was a freshman in college. I, I was the one that graduated high school. Yeah, and I was the one that was a freshman in college. Really? Yes. There's only two people in this room. There's actually four. Yes, because this week we have two dogs in the yes. room. We thought we'd give them a little try, see if they, they won't be so barky when yeah. they're outside the room. But And also, Rupert's our producer, so he should probably be in the room while we're Making the show. Yeah, he usually just barks orders from the living room at us. He's like, I, I can't hear you, but I know you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, don't do it. And do something else. Quinn, on the other hand, she just sleeps. So she could sleep out there. She could sleep in here. She really doesn't care. No, she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't give an F. No. Mostly because she's old. But she's always kind of had that attitude, too. Yeah. No so. fucks were given by Quinn. Anyway, why don't you hit us with some 2004 facts? Okay. Uh, First thing about the movie, it was released on August 20th, 2004. So about 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Had a budget of $19 million and grossed $70 million at the box office. So it was a little bit of a hit. Big movies, TVs, uh, TV shows, and songs from the year. Uh, Big TV shows were CSI, American Idol, and Desperate Housewives. Big songs were... Yeah by Usher, Little John, and Ludacris. Juvenile and Soldier Soldier Slim with Slow Motion. Ooh. And the Terror Squad with Lean Back. So what you're saying is 2004 was a great year for music. Delightful. All of the songs basically were... Really bad hip-hop? No joke. The only one on here I don't think that is a hip-hop song is Fantasia, I believe. I vaguely remember that song. Yeah. All the other songs were Outkast, had two well, songs. Outkast isn't bad hip hop. Yeah. Snoop Dogg, Usher had three different songs. That makes sense. He was the thing when yeah. I was in high school. Check that. Four different Usher songs. Usher had four different Usher songs. Four different hits that year. He was uh, hitting it up. Uh, <laughs> hitting it up. <laughs> Ironically, not one of his hits from the year. Uh, popular movies were Shrek 2, Spider-Man 2, and Passion of the Christ. I've never seen that movie. Me neither. I don't know. It just didn't interest me. I knew the story, so yeah. I'd rather just watch Jesus Christ Superstars. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same thing. Yeah, but there's cool music. 
Yes. So. What were your earliest memories or recollections of the film with a trip down memory road? I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't remember if I did, but I remember watching, renting it and watching it. And think it was hilarious. I love Seth Green, obviously, because mm-hmm. of Austin Powers. And I loved Matthew Lillard. I always had a crush on him from, you know, when he was doing romantic comedies. Usually he was either the jerk or comedic relief. Yeah. My favorite is She's All That. He's such a douchebag, but he's hilarious. And I didn't really know Dax Shepard other than just from punk. Yeah. But I was an 18-year-old girl, so I did like the idea of this movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know anything about D.B. Cooper, which is the treasure they're looking for. So... I knew nothing about D.B. Cooper before this This kind of got me interested in, and and we're both big fans of true crime. Mm Mm-hmm. And especially stories like this where there's no sure identity of D.B. Cooper. And it's just kind of one of those life's mysteries. And I love I love mysteries. So. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, D.B. Cooper hijacked an airplane on November 24th, 1971. And when he hijacked the plane, he requested $200,000. And he jumped out of the back of the plane somewhere between Seattle and Portland. And they have never found him. They found some of the money. I think they found five or $10,000 of it. Yeah. on like a like bank a of a river yeah. oh yeah and yeah so it, it remains the only unsolved case of air piracy in the united states That's so sweet air piracy yeah so yeah it's definitely one of those i remember watching the special where yeah. the guys were trying to figure it out and they were so sure this one guy was it mm-hmm. and the guy was like kind of a dick and wouldn't talk to them so it makes you kind of seem guilty when you're like i don't want to talk to you yeah you know? Yeah, something but, tells me there's going to be a deathbed confession from somebody with some... Maybe he kept one of the bills, because I know they wrote down the serial numbers to right. all the bills they gave him. So maybe he'll somebody will pop up one day and be like, yep, here it is. It's very interesting. Um, I'm excited to see this movie again. I don't really remember anything about it other than there were some hippie girls in a treehouse. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to age well. No. But we'll see. Uh, what was your memories from this movie? I ironically, I remember moving into my apartment uh-huh. with, uh, it was my brother and a couple roommates. And I remember the day we moved in, we all went and saw this movie. Oh. So there was a group of like the three, uh, four of us and then some roommates. We went and saw it because we knew who Seth Green was. We were fans of his. And like you said, Dax Shepard, we knew from Punked and he was pretty much the best part of people getting punked he was he was awesome a, at very good at his job yeah from what i can remember i haven't seen that show in forever though i always remember him punking nick lachey where I'm... he pulls up on like their property and he, he's oh. like in a crappy rv and he's like yeah we're just gonna stay out here on your guys' property and nick lachey was none too happy but what? he played, played it pretty cool yeah no so i remember him from that, Matthew Lillard, I think I just remember him from a little bit of Scream and Scooby-Doo. That was kind of Yeah, it. Scream was definitely... Obviously, did we pick him? He's an award winner. Yeah, he was my worst part of Scream. But your best part, right? No, he was my worst part. Cause oh, was, he was my I, best he, part. He was your best part. Okay. Yeah. It's been so long. That was like episode four, and now we're yeah. on 22? Yeah. 23. 23. 
Because 22 is coming out this next week. Yes. Babysitter's Club. Yep. Yeah. For anybody listening to this, it's going to be the week before when Babysitter's Club came out. <laughs> We're confusing everybody, Ryan. Yeah, sorry. Stop it. Sorry. Uh, what do you think? Do you think it's going to hold up? I think it will. I'm going to laugh my butt off at this movie. I remember really enjoying it. And now the older I've gotten, I'm very fascinated with D.B. Cooper. So that part I'm going to enjoy. And the three main guys, I think, are all hilarious and really talented. So I'm going to, I'm voting for holds up and it's hilarious. What I'm going to have to go with no. It's Ooh. not going to hold up. Just because I, I think it's just, I put it in the category of that bro comedy where it's just, a couple of white guys doing crazy things. Mm-hmm. And I know in this movie, it's it's got a kind of sentimental background. Like, they're doing it for their friends. So, that's yeah. maybe that will help it not hold up mm-hmm. or <laughs> help it hold up. Yeah. Um, but I think there's going to be things that they say that are not cool anymore. And I, I guess we'll see, though. I hope that it holds up because I remember liking it mm-hmm. as a teenager. But I just don't think our world there's a place for movies like this in our world anymore without it being a little cringy you know i agree i will i'll say this i think it's gonna hold up however i will not be surprised in the least if it is a very poor representation of 2004 cinema that and i'm thinking some of the fashion's gonna be amazing it's gonna just take me right back to being in high school what year did old school come out 2003 2003 so Mm -hmm. it's gonna be i think it's gonna be similar where there's just gonna be that men behaving badly but it's okay because they're men yeah and uh i don't know if it's gonna hold up but at the same time i do like all three of these actors are really good actors Mm -hmm. matthew laird is in good girls Mm -hmm. he's kind of a dick but whatever dax shepherd is the armchair expert and also husband to our favorite person ever that is correct chris dumbbell and Seth Green's still amazing, so yeah, he's a nerd. I think I've liked everything Seth Green's ever done. So. Yeah. I feel bad for him because I think he's more recently embraced his nerdiness, like what, since the nerd revolution came out the last like 10 years. I was listening to him on a podcast and he talked about he always was the guy wearing Batman shirts to school and he would get beat up yeah. when he was in school because back then it was not okay to be wearing superhero shirts in the early 90s when he was in high school yeah nowadays everybody wears that stuff and he said he kind of is resentful towards it the fact that he's like i got my butt handed to me a lot and now it's like just a a common thing and there's like people that are posers that wear it just because they think it's cool and they don't give a crap about superheroes that's true but but anyway where can you stream oh yeah you know, it'd be more amazing if I remembered to do it, <laughs> and I have it right in front of me. Yes. So, Without a Paddle is available on HBO Now or mm-hmm. HBO Go. So, if you have HBO, it's on their streaming app. And then also, it's available to rent on YouTube, Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes, and Vudu. So, oh. you should be able to find it. We own it. Yes, we do. And apparently, it's playing... Because... If I scroll down, it says on TV soon. It's playing the next, like, five days on various HBO channels. So oh, you should be able to catch it somewhere. So HBO celebrating the 15th anniversary of the movie. I just want to say, I think this might be the lowest Rotten Tomatoes store, s- score we've had in a movie. Really? 14%. Wow. But the audience score is 68. So it's one of those things where... 
the critics didn't get it. I think, and you know, I think critics are more lenient these days mm-hmm. because if you think about it, a lot of the critics are probably our age, maybe a little older. I think back in the day, even like 10, 15 years ago, critics were like, can it win an Oscar? No. Then it's 10% for me like or thumbs yeah. down. I want, I feel like people try to take movies for what they are. Like, this movie is not trying to win an Oscar. It's just trying to entertain people. And that's why I wish maybe critics would just go with that theory of, is this award season? Are these movies trying to win Golden Globes and Academy Awards? Or is this a summer movie that is just supposed to be fun and entertaining? Or is there anything redeeming about this movie? Yeah. Like, are parts funny? Did you laugh? Exactly. Did you cry? You know? Apparently, despite the bad Cine score or Rotten Tomato score, it did quite well. That's true. Maybe. But maybe we just had shittier standards in 2004 oh, as a I society. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we were doubt. wearing really low cut jeans and I barely had any eyebrows. So. Oh, yeah. Bad decisions were made by all. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But anyway, we'll uh, go ahead and hit the pausey pause and come back and talk about Without a Paddle. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Without a Paddle. And uh, we're going to go ahead and break down our movie. Like Like we we always always do. do. With our categories. I like how sad you sounded when you said that. (laughs) I don't feel like the sentence makes sense when you say, like we always do, with our categories. Uh It sounds so generic. Even though our categories aren't generic so much. But it just sounds like we're making it up as we go along. With our categories, which we, we do have. <laughs> we have them, I we're, assure we're not, you. We're not pretending like we have categories. We have them. Uh, yeah. We're going to go ahead and use our satellite cell phone to make a phone call and talk about some technology. Yeah? Yes. Or you could have made a joke about how he had to pull the satellite phone out of bear feces at the Ugh. end of the movie. Gross. So Gross. It was a little gross. Yeah. There was a lot of feces in this movie. There was. And we'll talk about that. Yes. But right now we should talk about technology because poop isn't technology. No. Uh, First one I noticed was um, the three main stars are Seth Green, Matthew Lillard, and Dax Shepard. Right. And Seth Green's character, Dan, he has a satellite cell phone with the digital version of the Indiana Jones theme song, which I thought was pretty awesome because I don't know that... People have the chimey ringtones anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I noted that because I do remember that was a thing Mm -hmm. when I first had a cell phone was finding a chimey song. Or I remember when you could buy actual snippets of songs for your ringtone, which I think you can still do. You probably still can. And it was a big thing to have the ringback tone. Yes. So when you would call someone, it would play a song rather than listening to an actual ring. Yeah. Not Some a thing people anymore. still have that, though. Oh. Having worked in a call center. Oh. People still have that. I could see my brother having that still. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. You would have that. He's like, I don't have that. <laughs> He's like, I got rid of mine eight years ago. <laughs> You're going to get like a text message else. in two weeks and it's going to say, what are you talking about? I don't have a 
chime or hmm? ring back tone. Ring back tone. I had Star Wars for a little while. I got rid of it. Why is Jason Napoleon Dynamite? All I don't of a sudden. Know. I don't know. Sorry, Jason. The other thing I noticed that I forgot to note, but I was just thinking about it because I was thinking about the end of the movie, was the amount of times an answering machine was featured in this movie. Yes. And it was all to do with Matthew Lillard's character Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend because he... I honestly don't really know what his problem was other than he's doesn't like his job. He doesn't really like his wife. He's But he doesn't have anything wrong in his life. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the other two characters kind of do. Yeah. They have real problems when he's just kind of bored because he's going down this path of this is your job. You have Mm -hmm. a girlfriend. This is your life. Yeah. I, I guess I get that, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, stop complaining, dude. Yeah. The other thing I did notice was when the three guys are kind of on their excursion trying to find D.B. Cooper's money, they come across the hillbillies that are running a massive pot farm. Yes. And they had a huge boom box, but it really looked like Lloyd dobbler should have been holding it over his head while i was playing some peter gabriel like that's the type of boombox they had well maybe they you know haven't updated their technology well they were living out in the middle of the woods yeah so it does kind of make sense and they're but... small hick town which yeah. i don't know if anybody's from oregon please let me know but do people have southern accents in oregon because a lot of people in this movie do have all of the Excellent point. The only one that kind of made sense because you don't really know where he's from is Burt Reynolds' character. Yeah, Dell. Yeah. Uh, you don't know his origin story, really. Oh, but the, there was legit hillbillies with southern accents. And then sheriffs. The, the sheriff. maybe, they, maybe they moved yeah. from somewhere south. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, because I feel like people growing up in an area that had a rural community, Yeah, they... Uh, I guess they people do have draws, but draw draws draws, but they they were a little over the top in this yeah. movie. No. Was there any other technology? Are we really getting off topic? Uh, when they busted out the satellite cell phone, I noticed there was a payphone. Yes, like a phone booth. Matthew Lillard was calling his girlfriend. Yeah, but that was the only ones that I noticed. It wasn't too egregious. Yeah, no. I think it helps that it is set in the woods primarily, mm-hmm. so there's not going to be a lot of technology because they're trying to really rough it Yeah, and be men. Yeah. There, it's not the point of the movie. It's them trying to find a treasure, but still. Yeah. No. But yeah, it wasn't... Considering we were really making a massive shift in technology in that time period and we became a very reliant society on technology there wasn't a ton of it but like you said a lot of it centered in the woods so yeah it it wouldn't make sense if they whipped out laptops and stuff while they were out there that's true plus the laptops in 2004 were very thick not a necessity in the middle of the woods no definitely not uh did you see any dvd special features or previews because there were quite a few for me there was some sweet previews um the Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow preview, oh, which man. is a movie that I had totally forgot existed. Right. But it looked awful. So much CGI. Yes. I, re- I vaguely remember the movie because I was pretty into Jude Law mm-hmm. at the time. As you should be. That is a beautiful man. He is. But I don't remember ever seeing that movie. And I think the concept looked cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Almost spacey. Mean, yeah, but... like a space noir. Yeah, 
but so much green screen and so CGI. much green screen and it's just probably one of those movies where like we have this technology yeah. i've we've said it a lot in this this podcast just because you have the technology doesn't mean you need to go overboard and use it so much because yeah. in 15 years people are going to look back and go why <laughs> just, wh- why why, why? i don't bad. know if i could ever watch that movie because it's so bad i could the preview looks yeah. so bad. I don't even know terrible. what it's about because I was so distracted by all of the CGI. Yeah, it looked awful. <laughs> but uh, what other ones did you notice? Uh, I did like the Coach Carter. Oh, which I do remember that movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. It has Samuel Jackson. Apparently, Channing Tatum's in it. Not yes. a big part. He wasn't listed in. It was. I think it was even before Step Up, which was his kind of yeah breakout role, I mm-hmm. guess, and. It had Ashanti, and yes. she was the third person named. So, yes. good job, 2004, because mm-hmm. Ashanti was the star of a movie. Yeah. I love Ashanti, though. Yeah. That's kind of probably the end of her popularity, Happy I is think. still such a great song when you turn it on. Oh. I, I, I think it is. It's, I don't it was my I, jam. I don't know that I know that song. I'm sure I would know it if I heard it. It was like one of her two hits. Okay. I wasn't a huge Ashanti fan. Well, how dare you? I I apologize. I apologize. How dare you? Anyway. Oh, and also Team America. Yes. Which might need to go on the short list of movies because I haven't seen it since 2004. That's probably the last time I saw it. I noticed uh, n- not so much the special f- or any of the trailers. The movie Without a Pedal had an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. It, it had was a, a lot good, of good songs. I did note that it was a good mixture of 2004 hits and mm. classic rock. Yeah. They didn't go too overboard on whatever was yeah. hip in 2004, which was a good thing. Yeah, because there was a Rod Stewart cover and Beach Boys and Blind Melon and some Dr. Dre and Culture Club, but then they also had Bubba Sparks. Yes. And was that who sung that song? Yes. The one that they played at the end and mm-hmm. in the middle? Okay. We're trying to figure it out. two Bubba Sparks songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> what is Bubba Sparks doing these days? Uh, out with his fake grill and just... Uh, are you literally Googling him at the moment? No, I oh. was writing something else down for later oh, that okay. you reminded me. Oh, okay. Uh, did you have any other notes on our technology category? No, I did not. Okay. We can move on to, kids would call it a throwback, we call it the prime of our teens, which literally, this movie was the prime of our teens. Yes, yes. Sure, later teens, but more stuff that I can remember, I would say. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we started this movie, I realized I must have seen it more than once. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I remembered lines of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I remembered clear plot points. It just all came flooding (laughs) back. It all came back to me. Did you notice any fashion choices? One of the first things I noticed, and it was a huge little trend for a while, was Dax Shepard's character was wearing a straw cowboy hat. Yeah. At the oh, very when he's sleeping with the lady. Yeah. And I remember that was a big thing. It was trendy to wear a straw cowboy hat where the brim was really f- rolled in and stuff. You looked like yeah. Brett Michaels, I guess. Yeah. There's times where I'll be deep into IMBD, as I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You just start clicking on people's things and looking at like all their pictures. And there's 
so many people from the red carpet from early 2000s where they're wearing that shit. <sighs> and it's so amazing to me because I feel like mo- for the most part, people dress pretty classy now to go to events. Mm-hmm. Between the late 90s and mid 2000s, it was like this cheese factor, yeah. like wearing really casual things. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers the denim suits that Justin and Brittany wore. Yes. Yes. To me, that's just essential 2000s cheese factor. Or a lot of girls were wearing like the really low riding jeans and then with the thong showing. Yep. Why? (sighs) Why? Why did we do that? I never did it. I couldn't pull it off. But I'm just saying as a society, why did we do that? I will admit this uh, because my brothers will call me out on it. I had a straw cowboy hat. Oh my God. Of course you did. Yeah. There's things I find out about you. I did not that... wear it. I wore it like one time and it was you, on a road trip. Did you wear it? And then you're like, I can't pull this yes, off. Yes. We wore them on a road trip that the three of us took. But I never wore them. Never wore it to like a movie or out ever. Yeah. I just know they would I would get a text message after this. I had <laughs> a lot of hats that I thought were a good idea at the time and mm-hmm. I'd wear them around the house and then i'd be like i'm not a hat person i can't pull this off Uh, like i had one of the newsboy caps oh kind of that were striped and they had a it had a flower on it It was very flashy and it was 2003 Mm -hmm. so it was very in i couldn't pull it off i don't i have a big head too yeah so yeah you do (laughs) thank you um did you what about offensive jokes or dated references there was a quite offensive portion where the three guys dax seth and matthew lillard are running through the pot farm and the farm is on fire so they're inhaling in a lot of the marijuana and the hillbillies are chasing them and they realize that they are using a laser scope on them yeah and dax shepherd turns and get this gets the scope lined up on his forehead and then starts talking in an indian accent yes and saying something about, I'll give you five goats for your daughter's hand in marriage. I did not realize that's what he was saying, which makes it even worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, Can we was... just chalk it up to the fact that he was high and yeah. a soap? I, I don't know. His character was pretty out there. Mm-hmm. And he was not afraid to say offensive things. But I will say overall, this movie did not have as many offensive yeah. things in it. I was waiting for more... Even the first scene that he was in when he's sleeping with a girl and her boyfriend comes home, I'm using air quotes because, Turned out spoiler, it was a girlfriend. yeah, Tony is a girl and mm-hmm. he's trying to make it a threesome, but yeah. I liked that the girl scratched him and then kicked him. Kicked him and he went flying. I did yeah. like that because if it was American Pie, the girl would be like, yeah, let's do it. Even though yeah. I'm clearly into girls, I'll yes. have sex with you, random male. Yes. But yeah. anyway. Did you have any other ones? As far uh, as oh, offensive? Not so much offensive. That was pretty much the only one that I felt. Other than the whole scene where they had to huddle for warmth. And they really had to make it a big deal because they played bump and grind. Yeah. And it's just really kind of homophobic. But it was definitely a part I blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> I must have blacked out. I didn't remember I seeing didn't the movie before. I didn't remember it. And I'm... I'm kind of surprised I didn't remember it because the guy starts, uh, Matthew Lillard is whispering stuff in Seth Green's ear about. And he's in the middle. Seth Green is in the middle and Dax is in front of him. Basically trying to remind him of the, you know, girls they saw earlier 
that day so he would get an erection and poke the other guy that they're cut, like kind of spooning in. I will say, even though Dax's characters, whose name is Tom, mm-hmm. did have a crazy, like, I'm going to throw up because I touched your boner. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's still, it's kind of creepy to have somebody's boner on you with when you don't want to have their boner <laughs> on you, whether you're attracted to that sex or not. Yeah. So Yeah, that's true. That wasn't too bad. It was just the fact that they had to play music and they were just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's either huddle up with your best friend that you've known for 20 something years or die. Yeah. It's It's, really not that bad. hypothermia or cuddling your buddy since childhood. I'm going to cuddle. Yeah. I don't care. You're good at cuddling. Yeah. That's what I'm known for. (laughs) If anybody (laughs) wants to know. Ryan's great at cuddling. (laughs) Uh, I did like the montage at the beginning of the movie showing how... You know, their youth, there was a lot of references. Yes. Like Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters, which reminded me of Stranger Things. When they got up into their little clubhouse after their friend had died and they were at the funeral, they go up into the clubhouse and they find their old, I guess for lack of a better term, a treasure chest that they had agreed they would not open until they found D.B. Cooper's money. Correct. So it had their most valuable possessions, which consisted of a C-3PO action figure. A Brian Bosworth rookie card. Mm-hmm. It had their Indiana Jones compass and a sweet cassette tape where they recorded the intros to the songs. Which I totally did as a kid. Oh, I believe it. We loved it. Me and my brother did that. and But then it turned into like we would just have a radio show. Mm. And then me and my friends kind of turned it into making prank calls and figuring out how to record them. Mm-hmm. So it Did was you guys give yourself DJ names? Yeah, but I don't remember what it was. You weren't DJ Jazzy Ashley? No, I'm pretty sure I was just, DJ, this is DJ Ashley. But uh, it wasn't very inventive. Sad. I'm yeah. sure I'm yeah. sure somebody else would remember, like my brother or I was gonna say, I'm my couple friends that we did it with. Sweet name. Yeah. He would be give like, himself, I don't remember that at all, Ashley. But your brother would give himself a hilarious name. He'd be like, DJ Big Butt. <laughs> Big Butt? That's what your brother would call himself. Now we have to call him DJ Big Butt all <laughs> the yeah, rest of his life. Exactly. And the other thing I noticed... Oh, when they when they said, I never thought I'd be so happy to hear something that sounds like Creed. It was Tom. <laughs> when they were, they were lost in the woods, they just crashed their canoe over mm-hmm. a waterfall, and they didn't have anything. Yeah, they had no supplies. And they heard music, and and it was the hillbillies Mm -hmm. that were... Jamming out to some scat stab. Yeah. Man, that dates it, though. Yeah, no. The Creed reference dates it. Ugh. A lot. Yeah. And then the other thing, I, I honestly think that was it. I know I was expecting some offensive things, and a lot of movies in the early 2000s and before that time were a little offensive to women at times. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was a point where they do meet the two girls in the tree that are hippies. Yeah. And the one girl has hairy legs. And I was waiting for them to make a bigger deal about it. They didn't. They didn't. But I didn't know if they were trying to show like that Dan, Seth Green's character, is so desperate for love that he would stoop to hooking up with a girl with hairy legs. Yeah. But they didn't really, like, the guys didn't really make jokes about it, the other two, so I was preparing myself, like, oh, I can't wait to say, see what they say about this, because that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't, so. so surprising. Yeah. Do you want to move on to our next category? Cat- category. Yes. Okay, go ahead. It's a category we like to call, well, hello there. 
It's our category where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the film. Who did you notice? The first person I noticed was Bonnie Somerville. Mm -hmm. She plays Jerry's girlfriend, Matthew Lillard's girlfriend, Denise. Mm -hmm. And she's Mona from Friends. Yes. And she was in a couple of movies that I liked when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she's a singer, too. Oh. Yeah. I think she dated Zach Braff and he put her on one of her... One of his soundtracks. One of the people I noticed was uh, Scott Addist. I think is how you say his name or Addist. He, I just remember him from 30 Rock. He was yeah. one of the main people in 30 Rock with Tina Fey. And, he was uh, in the writer's room. Yeah. I can't remember his character's name, but he, uh, Pete. Pete Pete Hornberger. Hornberger. That, that, that was somebody I remembered. Yeah. He was the guy that takes uh, Seth Green's parking spot at his job. Yeah. Because he's a doctor. And I just like when he goes, is your name on it? And I was like, yeah, actually, it says it right there. <laughs> Dr. Mott. I'm Dr. Mott. <laughs> but then he just takes the thing at sign and it, it was silly, but it just showed that Seth Green's character is kind of a pushover a little bit, oh, a yeah. little bit of a scaredy cat. But mm-hmm. um, the other person that I noticed was Ethan Suppley. Yes. Who is from Frankie from Boy Meets World. That is exactly who I remember. And he's from, uh, he was more recently in Santa Clarita Diet. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he plays one of the hillbillies. And I think he was one of the main people on uh, My Name is Earl. Yes, yeah. And then I saw Rachel Blanchard, who I remember she was Cher on, on the, Clueless TV, the Clueless TV show. And she played one of the hippie girls, specifically the one with the super hairy legs. Yes. Because yeah. they didn't show if the other girl had him or not. No. Mm. And she was in Flight of the Concords. Yes. She was the... The Business Time, I think, episode. Yeah, the Business Time episode. I mean, she dated... Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine for a couple episodes. Yeah. And then breaks up with him for an Australian guy. Yes. And they get so mad. I love that show. Yeah. And then who else? The other hippie tree girl was an actress named Christina Moore. Mm-hmm. And she was in True Blood. And she's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, she looked familiar. Yeah, she did look very familiar. And then the other hillbilly was Anthony Ben Ruby. Mm hmm. And he's from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, that is one of your jams. Yeah, I love that show. And ER. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he played one of the nurses or like the person that would be at the front desk all the time. Mm hmm. And then the last person we kind of talked about him a minute ago, he played Del Knox, was superstar famous actor Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. I didn't list him because I saw his name in the credits and then I remembered that he was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Quite a few people. Yeah. And some notable 90s people. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you want to move on? Yes. Okay. Hey, guys. We want to talk to you a little bit about the PodCoin app. Yes. The PodCoin app. It pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards for some of your favorite stores. What? Starbucks? Check. Amazon? Correct. Target? Seriously, guys, this is pretty legit. Join the PodCoin app today on iPhone or Android. And I said join, but I meant download. You've got to download it. And use code RUINING to get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for using R-U-I-N- I-N-G. That's how you spell ruining, just in case you don't know that. Yes. 
So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways while you're working or driving or doing anything, might as well make some money off the deal. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, free coffee for something you're already doing sounds fantastic. It does sound fantastic. (laughs) Take a shot. So go give the PodCoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to Ruining Our Childhood and make some money, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. The next category is called, is it even good? And this is where we talk about the plot and the casting choices. And then we list our funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot overall? I thought the plot was believable that it would, there was a rush of people that went out searching for D.B. Cooper's money. Right. So that find believable that these kids maybe had an obsession with D.B. Cooper and wanted to go find his money. Some of the stuff they encounter during their journey, that wasn't very believable. A little zany. Yeah. But I I thought it was good. It wasn't too bad. I I do think it was believable in the sense that now that we're at this age where we're kind of, I guess, middle-aged, or hopefully a a little younger than middle-aged, but that whole sense of have wanting to relive their youth and do something amazing yeah. because they kind of feel stuck in their lives. Mm-hmm. One of them feels kind of like a failure. The one feels stuck in his kind of monotonous life. And the other one just doesn't feel like he's done anything brave ever. Yeah. So I, I see that. I do like the fact that they did this as a group of childhood friends that wanted to pay homage to their their friend that passed away. So mm-hmm. I did like that part. But yeah, it, it's like a movie that started off really good. And then it kind of veers into this like zany, all this crazy shit happens. And then it ends pretty good. Yeah, it's it's weird. And also kind of just addresses how sometimes your childhood friends, if you met them today, you wouldn't really necessarily be friends with them. That's a very good point because it they're all like, so different. Yeah, the four of them went down very, very different paths. Yeah, but I, I, overall, I did like the, the plot and the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the casting choices? I liked the casting uh, specifically of the three main guys. I yeah. thought they ended up having a ton of chemistry and I'm very surprised there wasn't a sequel made because it seemed like the movie was successful and i want to say there was like a without a paddle presents or some crappy kind of i think there was you know there was a time where in the mid 90s where i feel like they made so many straight to dv sequels of Mm -hmm. movies like american pie Mm -hmm. and van wilder yeah and i just looked it up and there was it was called without a paddle nature's calling and in what what was it about not one of the original people were back in the movie it's two childhood friends reunited years later to take part in an unusual quest that involves traveling into the woods in search of ben's high school sweetheart so it's, it's not, not the same character but they say without a paddle because it's men going into the woods yep has nothing to do with dv cooper nope it wasn't the same guys and just different people playing them it's just oh it did have the lead characters oliver james who is in what a girl wants with amanda Bynes. Oh. And he was in something else. Oh. Raise Your Voice. Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff. Yeah. I wish they would have did a sequel with the main guys, because I thought the three of them had a ton of chemistry and are really just funny guys. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing that they went that route. I agree. They all all were good, and they were really believable to be friends. Mm Mm-hmm. So I did like their whole chemistry for sure. Definitely. What was your funniest line? 
Uh, my funniest part was at the very beginning when their friend Billy has died and Dan, uh, sorry, Seth Green and Matthew Lillard are at the funeral and there's a bunch of people at the funeral and then Dax Shepard shows up and he's late and he's driving his motorcycle around headstones and he's like, is that Billy's funeral? Is that his corpse? <laughs> And nobody's answering him, and he recognizes his two buddies' backs, and he's like, Tom, uh... Jerry. Jerry, is that you? And he turns around, and he's like, yeah, hi, hi, Tom. And then he's like, Dan, is that you? And he turns around, and he's like, yeah. And they're, like, trying to motion him just to come over here. Where'd you guys park? It was really stupid and over to the top, but it made me laugh. I listed that as my funniest moment, but I did have a backup. Oh, okay. Uh, But, yeah, that one was hilarious. And that's why I thought, like, the first part of the movie was really funny mm-hmm. was one of because of that part and then a part when they go into the town which i'm sure we'll discuss but m- my favorite one where i just kind of cracked up was uh when they had gotten to the point where they were getting onto the river mm-hmm. there's a native american guy who's helping them with their canoe and mm-hmm. helping them set up and jerry matthew Laird's character breaks a bottle to christen the boat and he's like thanks for bringing glass where my kids play <laughs> It was just funny because he said it's so deadpan and and they're like, oh, sorry. Uh, And then the other one that just had me cracking up was when the sheriff pulls up on them when they just got into the town. They haven't started their excursion at all. Uh, The sheriff says something to him and then Dax Shepard's response is, we're from UPS and it looks like someone ordered a (laughs) set of teeth because the sheriff was missing significant teeth. Yeah. They made a lot of teeth jokes. Yeah, it was very well done. Yeah, that was good. What was your cringiest line or moment? I think we might have the same cringiest moment, and that was when the hillbillies find uh, Tom, Dan, and Jerry up in a tree with the two hippie girls, and to fight them off, the hippies and them are throwing bags of feces at the hillbillies. You are correct. That is what I put. And it's it's funny because I think most picks that we do for this category are usually stuff that we find kind of outdated mm-hmm. or offensive. And it's like cringy, like, oh, don't say that. Yeah. But this time it was literally because it was just poop, which I'm, it was probably like pudding for yeah. all I know. Because oh. it was that consistency. I was like, get somebody some fiber <laughs> or something because those girls are not eating a correct diet. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was gross. Yes, yeah. I can't do poop, man. No. Even fake movie poop. It's just not I then start thinking about it and I think of what it's gonna actually what that smelled like. <laughs> and they're getting hit in the face with it. And you're like, like well, even though they're potential murderers. Yeah. You don't gotta throw poop out. I mean, just run away from them. That's I think that's the adult mind in saying those things because mm-hmm. I'm sure when we were children we're like, haha, poop. Yeah. And it's gross, but it's like a funny gross. But now I'm, I'm like, no, that's just gross. It's just disgusting. Don't do that. Don't don't keep showing it. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So did you have any other notes? Because I had a couple. I did not. Actually, my two notes were things I already addressed about the Southern accent and recording radio shows. So, oh. oh, no, I have one more. Towards the end of the movie, spoiler alert, they find D.B. Cooper's body. Correct. After they uh, hang out with... Dell, Burt Reynolds' characters for a while because he's his partner. 
Yeah, he was supposed to go up into the woods and meet DB and help him navigate down Which makes the sense mountain. if that was a true thing that happened, because yeah. I think people always question if there was more than one person that mm-hmm. planned this thing. Which would explain why the money never turned up. Maybe that person, they found DB's dead body and took the money. Or maybe they found DB fine and they escaped and they're living a happily ever after. Which, from that special we watched, is very, very good possibility. Yeah. I feel like this movie really missed the mark on making Goonie references. That's an excellent point. It's a movie set in Oregon. Correct. They're looking for a treasure. Absolutely. And, you know, they're childhood best friends, which, I mean, obviously, Goonies, they were actually children, but I think they could have made a lot of more Goonie references. Instead, they went with Indiana Jones, which, obviously, he's adventurous and he's always looking for treasure and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like they missed the mark because also when they did find D.B. Cooper's body, they were kind of talking to him, kind of like how Mikey was talking to One-Eye Willie. Yeah, and it was a point. corpse and they were talking about, oh, it sucks that he had to die this way. And mm-hmm. they were being very, it was like a deep moment. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Missed the mark. They did. They did. <laughs> anyway, should we move on? Yes, we shall. Okay. As always, on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards. The first is the valedictorian. I can never say that word. Valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give your award to? So having this movie set the way it's set, it's really hard to pick from Mm -hmm. because it centers mostly around the three guys. And I thought they all did a really good job, so I didn't want to pick any of them. No. And I like the hillbillies. I thought they were good. Mm Mm-hmm. They were threatening and hillbilly-ish. Even though whenever I see uh, Frankie, I just think of him as being a really nice guy. Just cursed with being a big guy that looks mean. Yeah. I gave it to both the hippie girls, Rachel Blanchard and Christina Moore, because I just thought their characters were so one-dimensional and honestly just unnecessary to the plot, other than it was a way for the guys to get naked, so then they would eventually have to do the... uh, offensive i'm not gay but we need a huddle for warmth thing and the other part i guess is that dan finally gets some action Mm -hmm. that's a good point that part was completely unnecessary to the plot yeah when i was a kid i remember watching that movie or a kid 18 and thinking i liked the fact that there was this big tree house yeah and they were living there i'm like i could I would love to do that. It's a pretty sweet treehouse. Yeah, but I just think they were really touchy-feely, and they were just that, here's two hot girls. We just need to throw two hot girls in this movie Yeah. to make it a real bro comedy, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, gotta drive it home. No, you can focus on the characters. Their whole plot is, is perfectly fine. Yeah. You know? The, this was they're... unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Who was yours? I gave it to Ray Baker. And he was the actor that plays the sheriff. Okay. And other than him having a messed up grill that amounted to a funny joke, I thought he was very unnecessary. And you brought up an excellent point. He has a southern draw, but he's a sheriff in the woods of Oregon. Yeah. And my issue was, it was a stereotypical television slash movie sheriff. Mm Mm-hmm. All of them, for whatever reason, are always the same. They have a southern draw. They always are picking on your heroes. And they're always up to no good. But are they always drug lords? He brought that to it. Yeah. He was a pot farmer. But he wasn't... But you only see him in that one scene. Yeah. And it was a twist. 
but it also w- it was it wasn't I a saw very it good coming. world. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would have been a bigger twist is if Burt Reynolds was the boss or something. That would have been a better curveball. But and I just felt like they could have got somebody better to play the sheriff. Yeah, he's kind of generic looking. There's that was a role kind of designed for a nice cameo of somebody that was pretty famous, and you don't get it because he's not in much of the movie. Yeah, he's in two scenes. And that's a good pick. Yeah, I like that pick. That's why I gave it to him. I didn't even barely remember him, so I guess that's oh why it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. We can move on to the Thomas J. Hanks Award for exceptional acting. Yes. Who was your pick? I gave it to my boy, Dax Shepard. I kind of went back and forth between him and Seth Green, and you brought Uh up a good point. The three main guys were all really good and entertaining, uh, but he was my favorite, and he made me the laugh the most, so that's why I picked his. Also, I always kind of go, could somebody else play it? I'm sure somebody else might have been able to play it, but it's hard to picture somebody else playing that character. That's true. So I really enjoyed him, and... He's definitely, he definitely had more one-liners than anybody else mm-hmm. did. Uh, he was just funny. Yeah, he was like the screwball buddy. So He was the one that was the screw-up. Yeah. That still doesn't have his life together. So, because I, I did kind of write notes for each of them where I was like, Dan, Seth Green's character, he's successful, but he doesn't feel like he gets respect in his life. He's lonely. Mm-hmm. And then Jerry apparently hates his job and everything that's good in his life because it's not interesting enough. Yeah. And yeah, then Tom is... Tom was a screw up. Who also, I feel like we know people in the world that he he always had to chime in like, I've done that before. Yes. He was an exaggerated liar. He's like, I will be fine. I've, we've done a River Rapids yeah. before. And then I they're like... I've worse rivers than this. Yeah, yeah. Because it made him sound more interesting. But mm-hmm. then he has never really done that much. No. Um, and my pick was Seth Green because I felt like I really related to his character the most being he was the most voice of reason mm-hmm. uh, out of all the characters. And then the fact that he was scared of everything because that would totally be me in yes. all those situations. Mm-hmm. But then I also liked that he as like a coping mechanism. He liked to pretend he was in Star Wars <laughs> or he'd do the C-3PO voice. And he does an amazing He does. C-3PO. He does a very good one. And I felt like his character had most growth mm-hmm. because he learned to not be so afraid of everything. Yeah. And when his friends needed help, he... Even though Matthew Lillard did too at the very end, I guess I never saw Matthew Lillard's character being like, well, he never stands up for his friends. He he was perfectly fine. But Seth Green was the type that was like, ah, no, that's too risky. Yeah. And then he... No, he was, he was easily my second favorite part. He was, he was really good, and that's and just... And has excellent rapping skills. Yeah. He's just a crazy talented guy. I love Seth Green. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's good. So, should we decide, does this movie hold up? I says it... I, say, I says it did. I, <laughs> I say it did. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was as funny as I remembered... But at the same time, it wasn't cringy to no. me. It was still a fun movie. There were some parts, like you said, that are pretty unnecessary. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think I was really expecting over-masculinity mm-hmm. to the 10th degree. And there wasn't really that because I think every character had their their faults. But good qualities as well, like any human being should have. Mm-hmm. And I think it was... Still funny and entertaining, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I would definitely 
probably would watch it again if we had nothing else going on in our lives. Yeah, it wasn't disappointing. It was funny and enjoyable. Yeah, good. I agree. So, the end. Yes. We never know how to end these. I know. Maybe one day. Uh, I mean, we're 23 episodes in and we haven't figured it out, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's just our thing. And I'm sure it's a lot of podcast thing because uh. it's just like, okay, we've sat here and talked for an hour. Now what do we do? Mm. <laughs> uh, we always ask that they throw us a like and subscribe. <laughs> <Stay. laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I laugh so hard that we I hit the microphone. We always ask that our listeners throw us a like and subscribe. That's on you who's listening iTunes. right now, in case you don't know. Yes. Ryan doesn't want to talk to you directly. No. I would. hates you. No, I don't. How dare you? Don't I like talk everyone. to them like they're human beings. <laughs> Please throw us a like and subscribe on iTunes. And also, check out our Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. at Ruining Our Childhood because we put stuff up on there and we let you know when. New episodes are available, and... I say next week we bring back the poll. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. I, I do want to do other things with it. Okay. You know, I'm working on some stuff. Get okay. off my back, Ryan. Not on your back. Not literally, but... I'm sitting down in a chair, Ashley. <laughs> Across the table from you. Okay. So, anyway. And Twitter, at ROC movie podcast i'm gonna say it normal because whenever you say it weird it's really hard to understand you okay roc movie podcast yes i said movie like movie phone that's fine but usually you're like at roc movie podcast and then and then it's really hard to hear with the microphone i did i do usually do do say i said (laughs) doo-doo i usually Uh, do say let's just start this whole thing over and on Instagram at ruining our childhood. I already said Instagram. Oh. I already did Facebook and Instagram. Oh. Okay. Well don't go don't go there twice, guys. <laughs> Nobody's going there anyway, let's be honest. We only have eighty nine followers on Instagram. That's still pretty good. No, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. I've come to terms with it. <laughs> Me and my therapist talk about it. Yes. We're working it out. But anyway, Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it and hope to see you soon. Bye. I see you. I mean, <laughs> hope, hope you listen soon. I'm not going oh, to stalk you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.